diverse alternative to mainstream radio with an emphasis on our local community. 2XXFM is a volunteer-based, not-for-profit community organisation. Find out how you can support your community station by volunteering on the air or behind the scenes. Visit 2XXFM.org.au. Well, that's a pretty funky uh, promo for 2XX. Certainly uh, was, wasn't it? A newie. Yeah, very cool. All right, good morning, listeners, uh, wherever you may be. Um, out close there in or... fog, foggy Canberra land. Well, the sun's out, which is... Was it? Yeah, oh, it is now. Yeah, yeah it was... Oh, it was horrible when I came in on the bus, Jeffrey, though. The oh, you got in early, covering up, covering up uh, Mount Majura and Mount Ainsley, of course, had disappeared, as it ever does. Wow. And when I got into town, I couldn't see down Northbourne Avenue completely because... There was a little foggy cloud in between um, the city and Dixon. So, yeah, the trams disappeared as they went off into um, Gungarland land. Sort of like a traditional Canberra winter, though, isn't it? Your fog all yeah, cold yeah. and then... And then the fog lifts about lifts 11 it, yeah, and... you get the sun and... I yeah. remember go- oh, the old days going out and sunbaking at recess, yeah, <laughs> at school. Sunbaking? It was crazy. Oh, what it was freezing cold, but still out there with bare legs, sunbaking at Ruth. Oh, Crazy. Too young again. It's wasted on young the Young and silly. All right. Welcome, listeners, to today's uh, edition of News from the Drug War Front, which is brought to you by Karma, which is the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy. Karma is a peer-based, community-controlled drug user organisation with over two decades providing service to uh, drug users in the ACT. Um, now, the aim of the show is to obviously report on relevant stories and the main one today is the um, final report on the CanTest Health and Drug Checking Service program evaluation. Which has actually been picked up left, right and centre, hasn't it? In the media, yeah. Even by... a few people have reported on it, so we're going to do a fairly thorough... ABC. ...report on uh, that. Yeah, ABC, RIDAC, Canberra Weekly. Yeah. So everybody's picked up a bit on it because it is news and it is what we have been, what government has been asking for is um, informed, you know, information that they can base service provision on. Evidence-based policy. Evidence-based service provision. That was what I was looking for, the evidence-based. Well, this is as evidence-based as you can possibly get. That's right. And now we've got it. Yeah, look, to me, uh, Canberra has provided um, breakthroughs in a lot of very important areas, you know, with um, the soon-to-be-implemented decriminalisation of small amounts of personal use in October, which is a breakthrough. Um, Being able to grow two cannabis plants in your back garden legally is a breakthrough. Canberra's in a unique position in that it is kind of isolated, you know, and it has a circle around it, so it's almost like a dome and can introduce, um, if permitted by the federal government, of course, can introduce services that are innovative um, and can research them. Yeah. Evaluate their effectiveness and their efficiency and their accessibility um, and report on those things, and that's what we've been able to do with the drug checking service, which originally started off being pill testing and then changed very quickly to drug checking because I think the research said, no, that's what we need is drug checking, not just pill testing. Well, that's been a slight problem in 
it's caused a slight issue in the it future has. just because yeah. people sort of remembered, oh, isn't it pill testing? Wasn't it meant to yeah. be pill testing? Oh, I've yes. got a powder. Oh, it's not for me. I can't yes, go. Yes, and that was certainly one of the issues. And But we will report on that anyway. So. Yeah, look, it's a 156-page report. You can't expect us to cover all, all of it. We're only going to do the executive, executive summary, summary, so do not panic, people. No, it, co- <laughs> it covers the, uh, the gist of it. And it is such an important breakthrough, I think. Um, Indeed. One day when it builds up a huge database, it's going to be incredibly important. Well, it's already got some really interesting information in it, but we will come to that. I think might might first go Well, we've done monthly reports, haven't we, over nine Oh, months. yes, we've been doing that, without doubt. been some interesting um, findings on purity. And we've actually got seven months' worth of information so far, but only six months been included in the report. I think the report, yeah. Only it goes to six goes months because it was only six. to be evaluated for the first six months, but it's still functioning, which is really useful and, and will it, go on for another ex- 18 months too, extended, yeah, which is so great. That's really positive news. Anyway, the, uh, we report on um, such stories and also, um, sadly, a lot of the harm that's done globally mm. by prohibition. Uh, which we ratified in 1961, United Nations Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs. And sadly, these global policies remain largely unchanged. Few, few well, minor improvements the fact here and there. The United Nations came out what, the week before last and put out a new, um, a new statement on harm minimisation. Um, well, but I, sometimes I remember you saying the that wording. you were being a bit cynical about it. And it's fair enough too, Geoffrey, that um, it's very difficult to uh, accept um, or just take, take as, um, as fact what people or what the United Nations says is going to be a... Um, the way to go from now on and assume that countries are going to follow that because nobody's bound to follow it. Just because they sign a convention doesn't mean you have to participate or do what you signed up to. The Netherlands has never followed the United Nations single convention on drug. They signed up to it. But they have always well, done have exactly what they wanted to do. Well, although they've eased up, um, Coffee shops, needle exchange, they started very early and then they, the non-government sector said, after they'd been broken into and said, they just threw it back at the government and said, no, you can do that. Yeah. It's too hard for us to manage no, and you're not the, funding us to do it properly. They were the pioneers. There's no yeah, doubt about but that. but they started very early doing that. Very pragmatic they were. Um, just by uh, way of notation, we do recognise and acknowledge the efforts of peers and activists who have contributed to the struggle against the war on people who use drugs. And part of the aim of the show is to encourage debate and inform and educate listeners about the failure of prohibition and start thinking and talking to your friends and family and workmates. And, and that's, um, that's really – look, if we get one – one aim covered out of this hour and a half that we do every Tuesday morning, if we just get people talking about the issues, I would be happy. Indeed. That's enough. I want change, but we've been gabbling about that for years, and change will come when it comes, but it won't come without discussion. It'll come from the bottom up. And it won't come without any... That's right. So we've got to get some kind of discussion from the bottom and from the top and somewhere in the middle there will be some kind of collaboration and compromise with which everybody can live, hopefully because I'm sick of seeing people die. 
Do you want to do a quick summary I of what will. Karma does? Most people are pretty aware Karma, of Karma uh, provides a wide range of services, as most of our listeners will know, regular listeners will know, such as advocacy, peer treatment support, peer education, creative arts, mentoring and referrals. Above all, Karma and the Connection, which is its First Nation, Karma's First Nation program, uh, harm reduction services. The Connection is Canberra's peer-based drug and alcohol service for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients. Karma and the Connection are co-located at Bill Connon Churches Centre, Shop 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way. The drop-in is open and the hours are 10am to 4pm Monday to Friday and the office phone number, the landline, is 62533643. Karma can assist people with a wide range of issues including advice and advocacy around opioid maintenance treatments such as methadone, suboxone and injectable buprenorphine implants, accessing treatment for hepatitis C, through the Reach, Teach, Treat, Thrive program in collaboration with Hepatitis ACT, helping people to cope with and overcome the impact of stigma and discrimination directed towards illicit drug users by mainstream media and also by users themselves. Self-stigmatisation is a real problem. And we've got to be really careful about that. We also can help people to access detox rehab and other drug treatment services if required. But it is not mandatory, nor is it a prerequisite for attending the service. Karma is a peer-based harm reduction service which aims to merely educate, inform and communicate with drug use, current drug users. And meet them where they're at. Uh, Karma also offers a walk-in health clinic with a doctor and nurse in attendance from 10am until 2pm every, is it Thursday or Wednesday? I think it's Thursday. I think it's Thursday now, isn't it? There are other, um, there's overdose, uh, first Tuesday of every month, excuse me, first Tuesday of every month at two o'clock at the early morning centre, Dave and or Damo will run um, the opioid overdose management training, which incorporates take-home uh, naloxone, yep, Miragadi, which is the Connections Harm Reduction Peer Education Program for First Nations clients, and The Fix, which is a series of one-hour workshops that aim to educate people in all aspects of harm reduction uh, in the illicit drug use, illicit drug use spectrum. Um, and we provide advocacy and assistance for people who are experiencing issues around housing, in particular police and the courts, child custody, which is a really big issue, and Centrelink. If you're having problems associated with alcohol and drug use or and don't know where to get help or even if you just want to talk about your drug and alcohol or alcohol use with someone who can empathise with your experience and won't judge you for it, give Karma a call on that number again, 62523 Indeed, that's the best If we can't help, step. we'll send you to someone who can. Exactly. Um, Louise has asked me to promote the Women's Support Group. Um, it starts July the 28th um, to support women who are interacting with care and protection uh, and have issues, maximum of 10 people. Um, Louise and Michelle uh, are the people to speak to, so call them on the Karma number and just uh, they'll run you through just what the um, the, the get-together is all about and what uh, they're about and, you know, 
just make sure that you're for men and suitable. women. Just for women. Just yeah, for women. Just for women, yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, Reach, Teach, Treat, Thrive, um, daily testing can now be done at Karma. Yes, do, that's just scratch testing now. Just the pinprick testing, yeah. Pinprick testing. How, how convenient. Which is great. Yeah, really handy because that's one of the huge issues for me was trying to find a vein. Just trying to get somebody, at a pathologist, to find a vein it was hugely Major Difficult. problem. Yeah, big problem. Yeah, no, this is so much Especially easy. for older users, but certainly for younger ones too. And also the art group's been um, extended, uh, been advised, um, Ring Karma, um, and Taylor's the man who will organise. There's quite a, a lot of canvases and art supplies, and any day of the week that uh, the office is open, you can pop in there if you want to express your creativity and oh, it's good fun too. Do you Jeffrey, some I did, artwork? Did, yeah, I did some artwork. You know, cause I didn't think I could do art. couldn't do art. Yeah, I had a crack too and was surprised. And I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it was great, wasn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, it, it's incredible. All right, uh, this um, uh, program reports on news stories relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured come from other sources, including mainstream media. So the contents of news from the drug war front uh, broadcast and also podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Karma and the Connection. Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and we do not promote illegal activity. However, we recognise that drug use happens and will continue to happen regardless of laws and United Nations conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development, the kind of things that Marion just outlined. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person-centred holistic health care. Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people. And I believe trying to provide that equity of health service is something that people are trying to bring into the um, Canberra jail. Um, oh, well, wow, good luck with that. Yeah, well, I was... Yeah, that would be, yeah. <laughs> no, look, I, it would be great if that could happen. Well, it should happen. It's actually, uh, but the process of of um, employing somebody who can provide it's that kind happen of service is, is really difficult and the context in which they're providing it is also going to be a struggle. So it, that needs to be faced up to before it actually can even, we can even think about it happening, yeah? Couldn't agree more. Context and content, really important. All right, we've got some good support uh, from playing a Jefferson Airplane song last week, so I thought we'd play uh, Somebody to Love, Jefferson Yeah, Airplane. good on you, Grace. Yeah, yeah. Go, Grace. She's got such a great voice. Yes, hasn't she?
right, good old Grace. Live version of Grace Slick. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Want somebody to love. All right, it's 10 minutes to 11, and you're listening to News from the Drug War Front with Jeff and Marion from 2XX, People Powered Radio, 98.3 FM. Okay, look, we'll give you a sample of some of the media coverage of the um, 156-page report. This is from the Riot Act website, which covers all things ACT. CanTest secures 18 months of funding as community trust in pill testing service grows. See, pill testing. They get They're it. still calling it the pill yeah. testing. I think that's what people recognise it as, even though we've been calling it drug checking service for some time. I think this Pill the... testing was what it was initially set up yeah. to do, so that's how people recognise it, I think. I think there's some work to do for Karma and other groups to agree, yeah. try and clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, Australia's first fixed site pill testing and harm reduction service will now continue to operate until at least December 2024 after securing another 18 months of government funding. Well, that's a good start. Yep. Happy to read that. The landmark health and drug testing facility, CanTest, first began as a six-month pilot in July 2022 and in June it was confirmed it would remain open. Since its opening, the service has tested more than 1,000 samples. CanTest is operated by Directions Health Services in partnership with Pill Testing Australia and the Canberra Alliance for Minimisation and Advocacy, CARMA, and funded by ACT Health. Quote, we're coming off the back of a failed war on drugs where society has been taught a lie that drug use is safer in secret. It's why the work is so rewarding for our staff, said Directions Health COO Stephanie Stevens. They get to have the most honest and interesting conversations with, with people from every walk of life who genuinely want to be informed so they can protect themselves or their friends. How sensible. Indeed. Ms Stevens said that one of the most consistent pieces of feedback that she receives is that people want the service to be open more frequently for people to use. Currently, it's open from 3pm to 6pm on Thursdays and 6pm to 9pm on Fridays. She said the response from visitors to the facility has been generally positive, with staff praised for their friendliness. The facility has built up a team of familiar faces, some of whom have their own lived experience of drug dependence or drug use, which has informed their approach and understanding. While Cantest's foot traffic often waxes and wanes with young festival goers trying to plan out a safer weekend, the service extended its opening times during events such as Groovin' the Moo and Spilt Milk. The facility has also begun to see more individuals with drug dependence issues. Quote, our staff has a flexible response for every person who comes in which is based on their familiarity with the service, what drug they're using and how they're using it, Ms Stevens said. We often, uh, will often have people come in to suss out with their shoulders up, but we do everything we can to show that it's not a we, it's a we, not us and them kind of environment. The facility's influence has been recognised all around Australia, with states such as Queensland and New South Wales discussing the development of their own fixed site services. Miss Stevens recently shared her wisdom from running the service with ministers in the South Australian Parliament. Quote, so many parents of young people really want to have services like this in their own region. 
I hear this especially from those who are the parents of or know children that have been seriously injured or died from an overdose, she said. Oh, yeah. while so many people uh, are coming to Cantes for support and advice, Karma CEO Chris Goff said there was still some reluctance among older people, though he hoped trust would improve once the Drug Dependence Personal Use Bill comes into action later this year. Although the service is completely anonymous, he said older, peop older people with drug dependencies have been particularly distrustful of the institution which he believes is because they're influenced by the long-standing criminalised approach to substance use. As an individual with lived experience of heroin use, Mr Goff said opioid users find it especially difficult to come in due to this, as well as the will to, it takes to give up the small amount they have of the substance required for testing. Well, that's another issue which that's needs one we've talked overcoming, about. yeah. Yeah. Um, you wake up, quote, you wake up physically sick every day and begin a marathon trying to scrape together a couple of hundred bucks just to relieve that pain or that sickness with the next high or, you know, just to feel normal, he said. With all that going on, with all that going on, it makes it hard to go seek help from a service like Cantest and potentially have to wait for a long time with this uneasy feeling that you'll run into the authorities. Cantest is located in the same building as the Needland Syringe Exchange Program, which provides free, safe equipment for injecting and uh, for using and testing a substance. It's also a place to obtain naloxone, which is used in case of an opioid overdose. Cantest is located on the ground floor of the City Community Health Centre, 1 Moore Street. It's open Thursday, 3pm to 6pm, and Friday, 6pm to 9pm. Yeah, well, that's a pretty straight up and down uh, yes, summary is. of the service. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a. a I have changed a couple of the words in there, Jeffrey, because it uses words like abuse instead of drug yeah, use, yeah. which is what we. And that's really important. The language, the terminology, it's crucial. is really important because yeah. it colours how people. Um, are seen, how we are seen as drug users. Mm. Um, if we talk about drug abuse, it's a whole... I mean, I've talked about this before. You know, how do you abuse a drug? You know, call it a bugger or something, <laughs> do you? That's only a bloody drug. So it's just crazy. You that's know, that's funny. A, The language doesn't make sense when you're mm. trying to talk about harm reduction, So, it, but it's very important that we get the language right. So I've changed some of the language in that article. And it's also had a... a it's fixed... In people's thinking, absolutely, in a lot of ways, it's like you know. the propaganda that's been running for the 50, 60 years of this so-called war on drugs. Yeah, it has got it's in people's mind as um, well the propaganda that it is. Yeah, yeah. it's just lies. Goebbels <laughs> would be very impressed. Absolutely, that was. I knew there was something on. There's been quite a lot on. Um, uh, SBS at seven thirty every night. There's been something on about Hitler, or about Germany. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah, a bit of that. Every yeah. night and Goebbels and Goering face to face or sort of face to chest because of the difference in height. And a whole lot of low lights. Yeah. yeah, just the way in which they've been using drugs, or they use drugs in you know the Nazis use drugs to 
particularly amphetamine-like drugs to um, keep them. their troops going. Hit a personal and to physician. And get the citizens, keep the citizens alive and alert keep and going Heil Hitler happily yeah. without any food because they were full of amphetamines but no food. Yeah, it was pills of crystal meth. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's when it was first For housewives and... Yeah. Everyone, yes. Look, my, my mother's a real Hitler. Uh, she's got a passionate interest. And the one book I sent her which um, opened her, you know, she said I'd never come across this, was a very… Oh, the book that you gave yeah. me, that you lent me, I read that. It was fabulous. Drugs and the, and the Third Reich. Yes. And the extent, you know, Hitler had a personal physician. Really interesting. Uppers the, in the morning, The combination of drugs that he, he was using personally… And was being provided Staggering. by his doctor were amazing. Absolutely, he was full of them. And yeah, it <laughs> and they had a huge pharmaceutical industry. Very good at. Well, they invented, didn't they? Invent, didn't they? Um, they did invent. They invented everything. They invented um, 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 Fisepto to replace opioids uh, because they didn't have. Uh, access to the poppy fields. That's so they right. had to introduce because I think it was Goebbels who had an opioid dependency, heroin H- addiction. A whole slew of them had. Yeah, but, but I'm pretty sure that he had a, um, a heroin a addiction, one. a really serious yeah. one. So they had to have a replacement for him. And I don't know if it's that doctor or someone else came up with. It's a classic time. book. We yeah. might, we might um, talk about it uh, on a future show. Yeah. We'll uh, got to go to the 11 o'clock news Indeed. and then we shall return. It's four minutes after 11 and you're listening to news from the drug war front brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harmonisation and Advocacy and The Connection, which is the co-located service for First Nations people. Um, we very much support uh, or appreciate the support of 2XXFM it's the second longest running community radio station in Australia, 98.3 FM, People Powered Radio. Uh, it's got a long uh, and proud history of original uh, program production on a whole range of issues from um, social issues, uh, feminism, environmental issues, um, uh, ethnic issues, uh, cultural issues, art, music, uh, all sorts of things. It's certainly... Um, a place where you can find things that you wouldn't uh, hear on the mainstream media. Um, we mentioned that we're going to focus on the uh, CanTest uh, report by uh, Australian National University, University of New South Wales, NDARC and Un- University of Tasmania. Um, it just has come out recently and we're going to uh, tackle the executive summary. In the meantime, I'm going to play... Um, a type of music we haven't played before. A friend of mine has offered this to me as uh, something different. It's a, a UK stoner rock band called um, Electric Wizard, and this is The Chosen Few.
All right, it's 12 minutes after 11, and uh, that was uh, UK Stoner Rock Band. That was long. <laughs> yeah, Electric Wizard. Yeah, they like to get into a, a riff and just hammer, yeah, hammer it hammer. When you're death. on a good thing, stick to stick it. To I it. think that's called, cool, yeah. And uh, that was called The Chosen Few. I'm yeah. not, not sure I'd want to be one of the Chosen yeah. Few. <laughs> I have to listen the to that all night. Chosen Few Minutes. Yeah, Chosen Few Minutes to be yeah. handy. All right, as promised, we're going to... Um, Talk about the uh, can test health and drug checking service program and evaluation. just the executive summary would do, Jeffrey. Yes. Well, yeah. we haven't got time to do full one hundred and fifty six minute report. Although one thing I noticed is that it's very important, which I was unaware of, is there is a pre and post uh, questionnaire yes. for attendees. And that was re- I thought that was really interesting, and we it does refer to that and how that what how it was conducted that they did. Uh, pre-use of the service and then they followed it up two weeks later to find out how people were feeling about the service. So it's really important. Yeah. And that is mentioned in the executive summary, so it's well worth reading, I think. It's not very long, the executive summary, and it, but it does have some important things in it that I think our listeners need to know. Yeah, just to acknowledge the authors, it's uh, Anna Olson, who's done a lot of good work. Um, she was involved with the naloxone yep. uh, evaluation. Test evaluation. Yep. Uh, Greta Bailey, Raimondo Bruno, David McDonald, of who's course, well known here. David and um, yep. I'll never forget David McDonald's evisceration of the inventor of the drug testing scheme who came up to Canberra, you know, proud as punch about how he created the greatest things in sliced bread and <laughs> David McDonald. <laughs> Tori Manu, I love David. We love you, David. Yeah, it was a cracker. I'll never yeah. forget as long as I live. Mohammed Hamoud and Amy Peacock. So they're the authors. Okay, executive um, summary. It says, this uh, final evaluation report assesses the first six months of operation of the fixed site health and drug checking service, also known as CanTest in Canberra, ACT. CanTest is funded by ACT Health and it's run by a collaboration between Directions Health Services, Pill Testing Australia, and the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation and Advocacy. Or Karma, who or ca- brings or Karma, this radio show to you. Indeed, we do. It's the first fixed site te- uh, drug checking service uh, in, in the country, in Australia. Indeed. Between 21st of July 2022 and 20th of January 2023, 498 service users visited CanTest with 481 visiting to check their drugs and 437 receiving drug checking. Open for six hours across two days each week, there was an average of 15 visits per week. Over two-thirds of service users reported never previously accessing a healthcare the worker AC-130. information it's or the advice biggest drug use. And that's the other important thing mm. is that because there are also peer workers there, um, for a lot of people, like it says, they'd never actually spoken um, to a harm reduction expert or... To a, well, to a worker in the services or to somebody on their level, yeah? Yeah. It I, was a welcoming and that was good on Mitch for being there and... Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's a... Introducing people to the service and making them feel comfortable. There, there's two or three peers that rotate, which yeah. um, I think is a critical aspect of the... I think it's really important. I think without... I don't think it would have been the success it was... No. Without the, without the combination of services that they had. I agree. So, yeah, very important. Absolutely. Half the drugs were found to contain a substance um, totally not expected by the service user. Half. Half of them, yeah. Evidencing the inconsistent drug market and the need for drug checking to improve community safety, which we go on about all the time, as. Always. 
The findings of this evaluation support the continuation of the service with a few suggestions for modifications and considerations for future operations. Key findings against the evaluation questions. Um, to what extent was the service implemented as intended? The first six months of the CanTest service was intended as a pilot to develop and trial a fixed-site drug checking and health service in Canberra. Evaluation results show that the service is delivering drug checking and health services to people who use drugs. In, this context, in the context of the pilot, the original service model has changed in minor ways. Planning and implementation took longer and was more costly than anticipated, in part because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The service has developed practices and protocols aligning the three collaborating organisations and the interdisciplinary staff. Service users and stakeholders report that the model is delivering quality information and care. However, the current service location and opening hours are limited, which we've and said from the get-go. we've said that before, yeah. And the service model should be revised to ensure optimal impact. What are the key characteristics of those who access the service? A total of 498 service users visited the site between 21st of July 2022 and 20th of January 2023. That includes those visiting the service for drug checking and those visiting for other reasons. Most service users reported residing in the ACT, 80%, and are young adults, 39% aged 24 or under, and 30% aged 25 to 34. So that means the older group are missing... That's right, and they do say further on that they not, need to do something about that. Not not seeing it as... And not, Chris actually was quoted, cited as saying that older users were not being seen by the drug checking service, probably because of the nature of the drugs they were using. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Uh, the majority of primary service users identified as uh, man or male. Two-thirds of primary service users reported using any illicit drugs or pharmaceutical drugs like benzos or pharmaceutical opioids in the past month, and relatively few service users reported injecting a drug in the past month, so very few injecting drug Injectors, users. Injectors, yeah. yeah. The majority reported never previously accessing a healthcare worker for information or advice about drug use. And that's really important. It means that it is, in, in terms of it being a unique service, it's connecting with people who otherwise would not be contacted. Absolutely. Um, what service elements were needed and accepted by service users? So open for six hours across two days, the Friday session, 6 to 9pm, was more popular than the Thursday second session, 10am to 1pm. And the most common hours of service provision were 6pm on Fridays. Most people access the service to have drugs checked, with the majority of those of these receiving health interventions alongside their drug checking. A total, a total of 626 samples were tested over the six months, and 1,006 alcohol and other drug or, and or general health interventions were provided across all service users. The service was, rece was received positively by service users. Follow-up data indicates that nearly all, 98%, and the norm was 238, primary service users who completed the post-test survey said they would recommend the service to others, which is really good. Mm, that's excellent. Yep. Okay. Um, 
and 94% uh, norm of 227 rated the service overall as 10 out of 10, which is really good feedback. Service users valued the opportunity to discuss, discuss their drug use in a non-judgmental environment with friendly staff. Feedback included a few suggestions for change with longer opening hours, uh, more service days, being able to identify more drugs and easier parking being the most common. How was the service received by other key stakeholders? uh, Stakeholders from other organisations expressed support for CanTest and the role of the drug checking service in reducing the harms of drugs in Canberra. They also reported that consultation prior to service development was adequate and requested ongoing updates. CanTest staff noted the benefits of a fixed site service compared to the festival setting and advocated for a fixed site service continuing, the fixed site service continuing. Echoing service users, staff believe that current location, the current location is not ideal for public access. Many also desired a premises premises with a more open layout and dedicated analytical space. Most staff believe that the service model is delivering quality information, education and healthcare, but that it could be refined to streamlining to streamline roles and processes. Well, nothing's perfect straight off the bat. Indeed. And and, and the whole point of evaluation is to pick up where it's falling down and where it's succeeding. Follow on where yeah. it's succeeding, and there's not much point in doing it if you're not going to learn from your experiences. Exactly. Um, so I'm glad that they're doing both positive and negative reporting. It's very useful. To what extent did the service provide valuable, produce valuable and timely information about illicit drug availability and harms in Canberra, and how was that information used? Only half the test results, as 53%, or with a norm of 323 detected the experience expected drug with an additional two percent that's out of 12 uh, detecting another substance with high confidence as well as the expected drug thus the service is providing critical drug and health information to individuals and the broader public the service and ACT Health used this data to produce timely and informative information about illicit drugs. During the first six months of operation, Cantest released five monthly reports summarising drug checking results, two community notices regarding harmful substances found in samples and one public health notice about a particularly dangerous substance. The reach of the monthly reports and community notices appears to be beyond the ACT as the service has multiple has received multiple requests for information and mail in drug checking. That's interesting, Jeffrey, isn't it? Mail in? Yeah, that's mm. interesting. To what extent did the service result in service users' attitudinal and or behavioural change related to illicit drug use? As has been found in previous research, service users reported the likelihood of using the drugs after receiving the test results varied considerably according to whether the results aligned with the drug they thought it would be. 
Uh, they thought it would be. When the substance was not what the service user expected, it contained an additional drug or testing was inconclusive, service users were four times more likely, four times more likely to report that they would, quote, definitely not use the drug. Approximately one that's in ten. Extraordinary. That really, is, that's extraordinary. That's a powerful statistic. Approximately one in ten samples tested resulted in a drug being discarded at the service. That's ten percent out. Of, that's out of sixty-four wow. people. Uniquely, this evaluation also recorded actual drug use post drug checking. Aligning with reported intentions in the service where the expected substance was not detected, an additional substance was found or the result was in, results were inconclusive, the drug was less likely to be used, as 32% res- reported definitely will not use, than when the expected substance was found, so 7% reported definitely will not use. Um, trying to obtain more of the drug that was tested was uncommon for follow-up respondents and most reported telling someone else about the drug-checking result. So they were sharing the information. Well, I think that's another huge aspect of the whole service. It is, is very the, important. the word-of-mouth so aspect. I took that oh, bulldog, the bulldog clip off because I couldn't read the top of it, Jeffrey. Well, it is 156 pages, so... Um, no. <laughs> But but yeah, it's there's some amazing, um, interesting results, results and um, things that maybe wouldn't necessarily have been expected uh, positives. Well, c- we had heard from the Groove and the Moo and Spilt Milk that when people found that the drugs they were expecting were not found, that they were likely to toss um, the drugs away or not use them. And that was really good to know. But this... Um, reinforces that information. This is actually research and gives us really, really informed response from young people because, uh, you know, one-third of the people were under 29. Really interesting to hear that young people are not being silly about their drug use. If it's not what they expected it to be, they throw it away. Well, it's a a whole other genre of um, drugs that that cohort tend to be, you know, well, music Lente, festivals. we're not talking about injectors. No. And we're not, to- so there's no, we're not talking largely, not talking about ice or about uh, or ice that's or injected or, and yeah. heroin or, co- yeah, the, although there were cocaine um, samples, samples that, yeah. presented, um, although the results tended to show that they largely weren't full of cocaine. <laughs> Um, but very few, I think only five in the seventh month report, there were only five. Um, lots of heroin provided for sample for checking drug checking. Actually, but the just... quality was uh, something like sixty percent of uh, of the five samples. It was sixty percent was actually heroin. The quality of heroin was at about sixty percent, which okay. is sounds like a quite a high yeah. amount for Canberra. But anyway. Yeah, no, it just brought to mind. Um, I've been a subscriber to the consumer magazine Choice for many years. Just yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting magazine. Yeah. yeah, look, in America, it would be you know a hundred times larger because they're really into consumer information. But you know, it's got a, a decent number of subscribers. But and my pe- father wouldn't buy anything without having first looked at. Um, the Choice magazine to see what the uh, what what quality of um, 
whatever they whatever it was going to buy, what the qualities were like and what the qu- prices were like in comparison. And yet when we think about it for so much, so, you know, you could get your toaster or your washing machine or your dryer, you could get those evaluated to see which was better and which was, cost, you know, quality for money, but not drugs. Couldn't get that done. And so, and that the whole idea of actually getting a drug test was horrifying. You know, it would have horrified him because that was what my dad was like. But makes sense, perfect sense to me. And that's something that we've always talked about, Jeffrey. Quality, quantity, purity, and price have always been very much under the, you know, undercover when it comes to illicit drugs and the illicit market. This drug checking service is a it's a terrific thing Huge as far as I'm concerned. Well, because up till now, the average Life drug saving. consumer has been treated not just shabbily, but dangerously. Oh, you know? shabbily, yeah, not only shabbily. I, I sort of hope, based on this executive summary, that um, uh, you know, I believe Queensland are looking at um, emulating Canberra's model. Yes, without even going into a pilot, just going straight into the provision of drug checking services. And New South Wales are talking about it too, according to the Canberra wow. Weekly. So that's interesting. That'd be a massive shift from Gladys's uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Well, no. and the, the idea, I, that was the first I'd read of actually mailing in drug checking. I think that's a terrific idea, yeah? Yeah, I hadn't heard of but it. But then you actually, you know, you have to give up your drugs <laughs> so completely. So that sort of probably leaves the um, heroin users way out of the altogether. Yeah. All right, it goes on to say, um, question, is the operational data sufficient and of quality to build an ongoing minimum data set that would inform both routine monitoring and research activity? Huge, hugely important question. Mm. Most service users accessing CanTest are completing the voluntary pre-test and the post-test surveys with an 82% completion rate, which is impressive. That's very impressive. Um, with 82 also completing the follow-up survey around two weeks after using the service. So there's That's a follow-up two yep. weeks after. Wow, yep. it's very thorough in terms of its... I think it's great. It really provides some quality um, baseline data, I think. Well, my perception. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Marion. To date, uh, these data have been collected in order to satisfy a range of needs and requirements, including legal obligations, e.g. ensuring that service users... Um, signed a waiver, undertaking chemical analysis uh, quality assurance, for example, ACT-GAL testing. I don't know what A-C-T-G-A-L testing stands for, but anyway, qualifying service provision, for example, number of clients, number of interventions for reporting to funders, uh, understanding client experiences and outcomes as well as local drug markets and evaluating the service. Uh, findings suggest that data and comprehensive and of high quality. As the service evaluation is complete, there is scope to refine and streamline data collection in a way that still enables important insights on service performance and drug markets, however, reduces the burden on service users and staff. Well, that's important too. You want to make it as... um, uh, you know, least of, least of a hassle, it's less of a hassle as possible. Yeah, make you know. it as a, uh, uncomplicated as yeah, possible. Yeah, st- streamlined. But yep. look, overall, this is very positive. 
Did the service have any unintended consequences, either positive or negative, and if so, what were they? A range of unintended consequences were observed during the first six months of operation. Most of them were positive, and the few negative consequences are informative as to how the service can be further developed. A broad range of people visited the service, including diverse service users and professionals wanting to learn about the pilot. In terms of future planning, while ACT Health provided the funds to meet the budgets provided, substantial in-kind contribution has been necessary to design and implement the service. I know that when the um, Harm Reduction International Conference was on in Melbourne in April, a group of Southeast Asian journalists um, came up to Canberra and yep. uh, checked out Karma. I remember that. We talked about and that. And they also went and checked out CanTest, which yes. um, probably blew their mind. <laughs> there was something. I dare say it would have. In fact, I remember um, reading a piece from a Thai, um, one of the Thai representatives one of the Thai journalists, and yes, they out. were quite stunned. We did read it out over the air, and they were quite stunned about the availability of a drug checking service. It was um, gobsmacking to them that that would be something that was not only acceptable but accessible, that people actually did access um, without fear of being... Um, uh, Jail, being jailed or... Well, <laughs> being, yeah... Jumped on by the police or by the military, depending upon what sort of um, society you were living in. But definitely, uh, because the crossover between police and military is so very similar in many countries, the Philippines and Thailand, for instance. Well, I think some poor fellow had been executed for trafficking one kilo of cannabis in Singapore. You know, not a huge yes. amount. So it's pretty full on. And indeed, yeah. Anyway, further, the analytical equipment used is not owned by Directions Health Service or ACT Health and the costs of either purchasing the equipment or leasing longer term will need to be considered. So that's a mass spectrometer they're talking about. Yes. Yeah, it, they're fairly expensive. It's, yeah. it, it's top quality gear. It's yeah. top kit. Yeah. Who owned it, do you know? Oh, it's a good question. It's um, probably the um, ANU or something like that. Someone who yeah, I'd it. say... The ANU. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Marin. None of the unintended consequences are serious enough as to warrant changes in policy uh, concerning the service, nor in changes uh, in the broad approach of the service model. Oh, that's good. What were the financial costs of the service? Due to increased setup and equipment costs and the unanticipated quantity of time taken to plan and implement the service, the cost of the service has been higher than originally budgeted. The additional costs have been met by in-kind contributions from the CanTest Coalition members. Oh, okay. It's very decent of them. It is. Uh, the evaluation team and ACTGAL. I'm not sure what that acronym means. No, and I, that was what I took that bit of paper from to see if it was in the terminology at the front, but it wasn't on that one page that I looked at. I couldn't see it there. All right. It's something, um, something, ACT, something laboratory G maybe, yeah. GAL. Most likely. The ACT government is committed to meeting the shortfall on a range of these costs. Well, Great. That's, that's good. Well, the ch look, there's been a huge change in the um, price of things too, like wages um, oh. and the purchasing of equipment has probably increased. Um, everything's delivery gone costs up. Will have, everything's gone up over at least the last 12 months, yeah. if not the last three years. So it makes sense that uh, the costs will have changed in that time. Indeed. Well, it's like the whole harm reduction 
component of spending. You know, it's been at 2% for so long. Um, yes, eventually. It's, well, it's a pathetic amount to, and to start with. So You're really. going to have to increase. And if they had to take a percentage of the the funding from the alcohol and other drug sector, um, it probably impinged on somebody else's funding. Well, I'd say wastewater testing might be a good start, but that's just me, Marin. Um, yes, Jeffrey, there's one of those beautiful subjects that I can talk to you for ages about the waste of water. The ver- veracity. <laughs> the waste of money on wastewater testing. And that, yes, I mean, very spurious results as far as I'm well, concerned. Com- compared to can test. Uh, absolutely, which is just, I mean, that's. It's in your hands. You can see what you've got. You can see what you're testing. You can get the results on the spot in front of your face. Yes. And it's tested by a machine that is designed for just that, whereas, you know, wastewater testing is just... There's no guesswork. It it just doesn't make... doesn't add up to real evidence-based anything. Anyway, the last question in the uh, program evaluation is, should the service continue? And if so, what changes in the program and its context are desirable? The CanTest service service is delivering drug checking and health interventions, often to people who have not previously discussed the drug use with a health professional. Half the drugs tested are found to be different to what the service user expected. The service is associated with behaviour change, such as discarding, non-use and harm reduction behaviours with use. We've identified a number of strengths of the program that should should be retained, as well as potential program improvements to consider in future design and delivery. Mm, so overall, great. I would say that is a... It sounds like it, look, Jeffrey, it sounds like a success, whichever way you look at it. Yeah? Even if it had fallen flat in its face, I would have thought that was a success in terms of evaluating what about it made it fall flat on its face. Yeah, there was just... The questions were so important that they should have been asked such a long time ago that now that we've asked those questions and we're getting the responses from the really good, valuable information to have as not just baseline data but something, it lifts the quality of information that we hold to be fact up to a higher level than has ever been seen. Yeah, it's not guesswork. We're starting from a much higher baseline than we were before so it's yeah. great I'm and, really and the impressed. fact that so many people had never spoken to a harm reduction uh, and would never have yeah. I, th- I suspect had there not been a drug checking service they wouldn't have spoken to anybody about it if there had not been that kind of service provided i think it's great i think the potential is massive it is isn't it it's you know. huge and it's that look it's it's what we've been asking for forever, Jeff. Yeah. If only that was there from the beginning, how many how many lives would have been oh, saved? Absolutely. But the absence of opioid drugs being provided for testing, I guess maybe 40, 50 years ago, might have been a whole different kettle of fish when we were young. It's definitely yeah. a piece of work for Karma and other members of the um, consortium yeah. to consider, to just broaden the... How do you recruit the older users and, and get them less anxious about yeah. accessing the service or make the service 
more accessible for older users yeah. of injectables in particular. Well, these are the lessons that are learned over time and Indeed. improvements and, yep. you know, changes. That and it, I guess it's about answering the questions that we've been asking for a long time in language that makes sense to the people, to our cohort that were asking the questions ages ago and now the answers are coming back but not in a language that we recognise, Geoffrey. Yeah? When it started off as a pill testing service, it kind of retained that label for many people. Um, even though it became drug checking, the initial label was pill testing and that yeah, maybe that's why the 29, sort of maybe yeah. 30% odd were young people bringing in pills to check. And such a low um percentage of people who inject drugs. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe we'd just mention this one from Adelaide, uh, yes, Marin. Man yes. dies from synthetic opioid overdose in Adelaide. Well, I think it's a great example Three others of in where, hospital. Yep. This, uh, yes, I hadn't actually heard important. of this drug, but um, anyway, a man has died from a suspected overdose of a synthetic opioid, while a woman and two men have also been hospitalised in Adelaide. South Australia Health confirmed that Pro, protonitazine. Pro, protonitazine. Protonitazine. It's yeah. been detected in the state's illicit drug market and is suspected to have played a role in the death of the man. The lethal opioid has been found in methamphetamine and also ketamine in Victoria, Queensland, and also in Western Australia. Mm. Okay, two men required hospital treatment after a confirmed overdose last week, the first detections in South Australia. Um, the first detections in South Australia. A woman is also being treated in Royal Adelaide Hospital. Drug and Alcohol Services South Australia Acting Director Victoria Cox said an overdose could be deadly even at low doses. So this is called protonitazine. P-R-O-T-O, nitazine, N-I-T-A-Z-E-N-E. Synthetic opioid. Yes, synthetic Another opioid. One. Quote, there's a major concern that this drug is being mixed with other illicit drugs, particularly methamphetamine, and people are being accidentally exposed to it, Cox said. Uh, South Australian Health said people using drugs while unsupervised or alone were at particular risk, which has always been a problem. Yeah, and yeah. we've called that, that out many a time yeah. and often. Yeah. Protonitazine effects may be reversed by giving the affected person naloxone or nixoid spray or narcone or naloxone, which is what we do um, with the Karma um, um, training, training program first with, Tuesday of every month yep. at the early morning centre. Yeah, and ring Karma and ask for Dave or Damo. 653 four, three, six, four, four. 653 3643. That's the one. And book a spot. <laughs> I yeah. usually know that off by heart. But <laughs> but wrong time of the Program. It's worth doing, yeah. Yes, yeah, South Australian Health said naloxone was available at pharmacies with no prescription and at no cost. Illicit drug users are strongly encouraged to have access to the reversal drug, and that's really important. We would encourage everybody to do that too. Um, and if it responds to, uh, if pro this protonitazine responds to um, nixoid or naloxone, then Go for it, use it, but remember that there are it only works for problems. The it yes, it only works for people who have opioid uh, overdoses, and you can give too much. 
But not, um, you, not don't, you don't have to go crazy straight off the bat. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Just, I mean, if it won't respond to one dose of um, naloxone. You don't have to continue to give naloxone because if somebody has a dependency, you can throw them into withdrawals. Um, and all this is in the training. Yeah, so, and, but that's yeah. the, the training covers that and it's really important that people get the training because I think it's that one-to-one gives you the opportunity to ask those kinds of questions. Oh, absolutely. It's a really valuable resource. No, I think the Naloxone program is one of Karma's great Great successes. Yes, the first Tuesday of every month, listeners. At early morning centre, yep. 2 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, you've picked out this animal song, um, I When I Was Young. Is yeah, that the one? Yes, that's the one. Here it is. Couldn't he? Really could. Well, yeah. that was the animals when I was young. It sure was. Did Go. you like that, Jack? 
going back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really could sing. Okay, we've got an international story, which for regular listeners know that we've talked a lot about the crimes of uh, former President of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, who quite openly used um, extrajudicial murder of people you know, suspected using drugs or maybe... Well, for, or and he used that excuse. To, yeah. Yeah, to shoot people from his motorbike when he was mayor of, what was it? What was the uh, place? Davao in the That's south right. of Philippines. He was the mayor of the... Oh, was and horrified. He used to ride around on his bike shooting people. And then when he became president, he um, allowed, in fact, encouraged the police and the military to, for a per capita Gave the reward, green light. Yeah. yeah, to shoot so-called drug dealers. Very poor. Very right, This is from the CNN uh, website, or CNN Philippines. Duterte out Marcos in. That's uh, former President <laughs> Ferdinand Marcos' son. What has happened to the country's campaign against illegal drugs? Uh, by Marie uh, Celine Sirkifia. Sirkiria. Sirkina. Sakina. It's a little, yeah, Cyril yeah. over the top there. Yeah. Uh, published July the 16th. Okay. During the pres- pre- his presidential campaign, Marcos vowed to continue the Duterte administration's anti drug campaign, but quote, in a different way. Marcos earlier said his administration has a working group formulating policies that will focus on prevention, which includes educating the youth and rehabilitation. Quote, those who are already involved or um, already addicted, we should treat them, Marcos said. Right now, we're trying to formulate what is the latest, what's the best in the way for rehabilitation. These are being formulated. I suppose it's better than being shot. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Launched in November 2022, the BIDA program, Buhai Ingatan Droha Ayawan. (laughs) Enjoy that. (laughs) BIDA program aims for a more refined approach to the problem of illicit drugs in the Philippines. More refined. (laughs) Yeah. That could mean anything. Call it that. Under the program, local government units and agencies such as the social welfare, health and trade departments were tasked with uh, to create rehabilitation and livelihood projects. The president said this is part of his administration's holistic approach to the drug problem, which differentiates from that of his predecessor. Yeah, <laughs> huge differentiation. Duterte's focus on enforcement. In 2016, during his first year in office, Duterte launched his government's campaign against illicit drugs, illegal drugs, dubbed Oplantocaine. According to the Philippine National Police, the PNP, 7,000 persons were killed from June to December that year. So that was just in seven months. Yeah, six months. And that's a conservative number. Seven months, yeah, 7,000. And... Yes, that was. So there were plenty more killed after that. They didn't stop killing just in that six months. That's when they stopped counting. It was because after that they withdrew from the International Criminal Court. Yeah, when it looked like they might investigate um, Rodrigo Duterte for war crimes. They're still pushing it. The campaign remained controversial throughout the six years of his administration, but until the last days of his presidency, Duterte refused to apologise for his bloody war on drugs. Quote, kill me, imprison me, I will never apologise, Duterte later said. 
accountability in human rights abuses, the clamour for accountability for alleged human rights abuses under Duterte's uh, anti-drug campaign continues. On July the 18th, the Appeals Chamber of the International Criminal Court, the ICC, is expected to release its decision on the Philippine government's plea against the court's resumption of its probe. That's today. That's right. The ICC halted um, its probe into the anti-drug campaign in 2021 at the request of the Duterte administration, but decided to resume its investigation this year. Well, if you can't investigate that sort of crime... What, what's the point of being there? Yeah, the, yeah, and something that blatant, Jeffrey, yeah, yeah. it's got to be investigated. And so sustained and just... Over such a period, period of, time. of time. Absolutely, yeah. the whole of his tenure as president. Pretty yeah, much. Six years, pretty yeah. much. Earlier this year, and, and I mean, the bottom line is, if it, they weren't concerned about it, why did they pull out of the International Criminal Court after six months? Yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't an issue even though he won't apologise. Earlier this year, the ICC rejected the Philippines government's claim that the killings and other crimes related to the anti-drug campaign as of, are of, quote, marginal gravity, end quote. Marginal gravity, what a horrible thing to say about shooting so-called drug users. Quote, to the contrary, they are extremely serious and appear to have been at the very least encouraged and condoned by high-level government in officials, up to and including the former president, ICC prosecutor Karim Khan said. Marcos said the Duterte administration's effort to eradicate illegal drugs in the country led to human rights abuses. Quote, perhaps in my view, what happens in the previous administration was we focused very much on enforcement and because of that, it could be said that there were abuses by certain elements in the government that have caused concerns from many quarters in, a, uh, in about the human rights situation of the Philippines, Marcos said. Despite this, Marcos still refuses to support the ICC probe or the International Criminal Court's probe. He earlier told CNN Philippines that investigators from the ICC can only come to the country as tourists. <laughs> We're not signatories to the Rome Starby Agreement anymore. Yeah, that's we my, don't my, know, my bit. Yeah, we don't know that uh, what they withdrew. That's my bit. Yeah, oh, that's your bit. Sorry, yeah. okay, you go for it, Jeff, because you can probably read it better than I can anyway. It's my writing. Yeah, it's one of yeah. those ones where it wouldn't copy everything in type, but we are not signatories to the Rome Statute anymore. Ah. We, um, uh, he, Marcos said, they can be tourists, but I don't know what they expect the government will do beyond that. So basically it's all bets are off. Human rights group Kara Patan said the Marcos administration's refusal to cooperate with the investigation contradicts his promise of a more holistic approach to his anti-drug message. So it seems like he came in saying it'd be different, but he hasn't. Um, from January 1st to June the 9th, 2023, the Marcos administration's campaign against illegal drugs recorded uh, nearly 20,000 police operations, nearly 26,000 arrests and the confiscation of $6.2 billion worth of illegal drugs. Marcos also vowed in, to file cases against PNP officials involved in drug trafficking. Last June, the government filed a criminal complaint against 50 police officers over their involvement in irregularities <laughs> in a 990 kilogram shabu drug haul in October. I remember the son of one of um, 
was the son of Duterte was caught up with a big Chinese trafficker, but somehow oh. the evidence, yeah, look, it's it's been the government policy. went missing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yet he, when he left office, he was still incredibly popular. Indeed. Um, well, um, if you actually, if you ever listen to the Philippine news and the extent to which um, uh, Duterte was um, beeped out during the news and any interview that he gave, it was actually a, he's very definitely a man of the people. Yes, one of one of the gang prone to profanity. Yeah, very prone to profanity, and that was his. Uh, that kind of brought him down to the level of the rest of the community, supposedly, but not a drug user. Well, let's hope the ICC continue to have the strength of character to continue to uh, prosecute for the period that they were still signatories because yes. the behaviour of the former president was, uh, to my mind, a, a war it crime. It was obscene, Yeah, Disgrace- Absolutely disgraceful. There's just no two ways about it. There's no, no excuse for his behaviour at well, all. We will bring you that decision next week. Well, yes, because it's due today and although we haven't heard about it yet, excuse me, we, we will. will follow up on it. We'll leave you with um, some of our... Our uh, theme song? Theme song, yeah. Golden Brown. By The Stranglers. And look after yourselves, my darlings, and we'll talk to you next week. And we can go out into the sunshine now because it is beautifully sunny out there. Take, Just gorgeous. Take care, everyone. Yeah, Bye. we love you. Bye. Bye. Texture like sun Lays me down With my mind she runs Throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown With golden brown Every time Just like the last On her ship Tied to the mast Two distant lands Takes both my hands Never a frown with golden brown Golden brown, fine attemptress through the ages she's heading west From far away, stays for a day Never a frown